Hey, everybody. This is Mark Levine from the NYC Real Estate Podcast. Welcome back. It's been a, uh, a few months since we've been on, but if you're listening and you're, you've been going through this lately, then you wouldn't have uh, been subject to that. But we're happy to be back and we're going to be talking about elevators today and upcoming inspections. But before that, let me get into how you can contact the podcast. Um, you can email us at nycrealestatepodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's nycrealestatepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Mark Levine, I'm one of the owners also of EBMG, which is a property management company. We do about 100 co-op and condo buildings within the five boroughs, um, focusing on Manhattan and everywhere else. But today I've got a special guest, Rob Castellano, who is the vice president of VDA, and they are an elevator consulting company. Hey, Rob. Hey, how are you, Mark? Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. And we put this together pretty quickly. Um, so before we get into the um, upcoming changes to elevator testing and other requirements. Why don't you give us a, whatever you want to tell us about yourself, about the company, what you do at the company, just so that people listening either at home or in the car could have, um, you know, some context of who you are. Sure. Well, VDA is a company, as you mentioned, uh, elevator consulting firm. Uh, we actually elevators, escalators, anything that goes up and down, as well as uh, moving walks, you know, side to side. We have been in business since 1980. I joined the company 11 years ago uh, as an associate, now currently uh, VP running operations for the New York City market. Um, and I've been doing uh, that for the last five years or so. Uh, currently heavily involved in the what we're gonna talk about today, which would be the witnessing of category inspections as well as an upcoming uh, new periodic inspection that's being introduced. And uh, that's what's prompted this podcast because uh, we wanna <laughs> talk about it with everybody. All right, cool, well, thanks so much. and. So what we know so far is every elevator building has to do a category one and a category five test when they're due. And the elevator companies can't do it themselves. They can do it themselves, but they can't witness it. They can't self-certify all of the work. And I, it probably doesn't relate to an issue in the past that an elevator was self-certified, something went wrong. And then they said, okay, we need a third party independent um, contractor to come in on behalf of the building and witness it. Correct. So um, every elevator has to have a category one inspection at a minimum, uh, category five, depending on the type of elevator that, that it is. Uh, the test used to be a self-certification, as you stated. Uh, it was changed because uh, the city was realizing that contractors either were not performing them at all or really more not performing them as they should have been performed. Uh, it's not so much that they weren't doing them, but maybe, you know, that second set of eyes saying, hey, did you check this kind of thing wasn't being done. Uh, so in year one of doing it with a witness, the cease use conditions that were noted on elevators was astronomical. Uh, we were getting cease use calls, you know, five, six a day. Uh, Which is similar to an unsafe condition on a facade. I mean, you're, you're putting people at risk if it's a cease use, right? Correct. Yeah. Cease use means uh, it's a hazardous condition that you must take the elevator out of service for. Um, and so that was happening routinely, uh, daily, multiple times a day. Whereas now CCU's conditions are, if we see you know one or two a month, it's it's an extreme amount in VDA. Uh, personally, we witness almost 8,500 inspections a year. So it's 8,500 elevators or escalators that get tested a year. And we now, if you, know, for, if you do that percentage, that ratio of uh, one or two a month, it's it's really minimal. So the testing is working and um, that's, that's, that's number one. And a big part of that, we believe, was the third party introduction, knowing that the tests are being done properly uh, to code and routinely. 
So the difference between the category one and the category five, I know the category one is an unweighted test that's yearly. The category five is an every five year test where it needs to be done. And that's a weighted test. Um, what's the weight? Is it 2000 pounds in there? Uh, it's actually based on the capacity of the cab. So it's capacity plus uh, 25%. So 125% load goes on okay. the car. Actually, and capacities of the cab. Got it. And are there any other differences besides the weight when you're doing those two tests, or is that right. primarily the driver? Primarily, that's the driver. We're testing the safety. Um, you know, it's it's for any elevator that has a governor or safety of any kind. So even a roped hydraulic, even though typically hydraulics don't get category fives, a roped hydraulic would. Um, but that's the primary difference. Uh, you actually, when you're doing your category five, do your category one ninety percent of the time in conjunction with the category five that done the same day, same time. Right. Um, you know, but uh, there are circumstances in which you would do them separately. Uh, typically, only when uh, if you have your category one test has been performed within the last six months, then you would possibly do it separately because category ones must be separate by six months from one each other, from one another. So that would be typically the only time you'd ever do them separate. All right, cool. So January 1st, 2022, I know because you sent me the information and that's what prompted this. Um, there's going to be changes to the New York City building code and the elevator and escalator safety code. And it's relating how elevators are going to be inspected and tested in the city. Um, do you want to walk us through the different changes and what the increased uh, onus is now on the properties to inspect elevators and how that's going to uh, increase whatever inspections may come or just with the DOB participation with those inspections, uh, any information you have on that would be great. Well, so let me, uh, I'll start with the, since we were talking about the category one and fives, I'll start with the changes that are happening with that, okay. uh, which the process in terms of the testing itself, there is no change. So the tests are still to be performed as they currently are, whether it's cap one or cap five, that doesn't matter. What is being changed, however, are the timeframes that are uh, currently in place for both the filing of the deficiencies that are noted or no deficiencies if there happen to be none. Uh, that currently is 60 days from the date of test you must submit in DLB now, the contractor must actually submit in DLB now. Right. 60 days of the date of the test. That's going to be, that's being proposed to be changed to 21 days, which is a, obviously significant. That's, yeah, that's a big rush, wow. This, and their reasoning is, we're being told is because now it's electronic, it shouldn't take as long, you know, but you know, th this all takes labor to do, even if it's pushing buttons, you still have to do that. And with, you know, we, we may have 8,500, somebody else may have more, somebody else may have less. Um, contractors may have significant amounts of uh, devices that they have to do this for. So that's a big change. Uh, you're, you know, and how does that impact ownership is uh, not every company has a compliance department per se. This sometimes falls on a, an individual property manager to manage this process. Right. And as you mentioned um, when we were talking, this is similar to, you know, you have facade to worry about, you have boilers to worry about, you have, you know, roofing, you have a million different things that you guys are worrying about on a day-to-day -day basis. So having that extra cushion of the ability to sign off on something in DLB now or pay for a filing fee um, is, is good. And now when you have less than half the amount of time that you had previously, you really, really have to be on top of your game. Yeah. Um, Staying on top of everything and, and signing because you don't want a contractor blaming you for the reason oh, yeah. or something. I can tell you from my point, from my side, I we probably have, um, I don't even know how many buildings we have without, it's most of our buildings have elevators and every day, I'm in every day, 
DOB now portal in the elevator section and the facade section. So if it pops up, I know sometimes I can't sign and I'm trying to sign because the consultant didn't sign or the elevator company didn't sign. And usually I'm one of the two last ones to be able to sign as the property owner representative. So I, it, it's really not just the manager. It's also going to be how fast can the elevator company, how fast can the um, consultant sign off? How fast can the owner sign off? So now you've got three or four parties that have to be working together on this expedited timeframe. 100%. And you, you know, so you hit the nail on the head, you have all these different people. So if the contractor enters it on day 17, <laughs> and what happens if the person from the consultant even, or yourself is on vacation for days 18, 19, 20, and 21. Yeah. You know, so now it really does not give you a lot of leeway. Uh, so that's why it's very important. <clears throat> and we wanted to make people aware of that change because that's, that's going to be a big one that people just really need to be on top of things, designate alternates for themselves for, you know, if they're going to be a way that someone is able to log in and, and take care of these things. Um, so that, that's the first big change that that's happening with timeframes. Okay. Um, so then, then, there, then that, then it goes into what happens once everything's been entered, everything's been entered and now there's deficiencies noted. Uh, if it's satisfactory, that ends it. There's nothing left for anybody to do. But if there are deficiencies noted, um, they're changing it. Whereas you currently have 120 days in which to correct a deficiency from the date of the test and 60 days in which to file a total of 180 days. Uh, the DOB doesn't exactly have a way of determining when you corrected versus when you filed. So it's really a total of 180 days, yeah. uh, but they do out as 120 plus 60. Uh, that is being changed to a total of 104 days. Okay. 90. And that's from the date of the test. Uh, they are talking about the ability to have possibly extensions being granted that a contractor would be able to file for. Uh, they'd be in like 45 day increments, uh, but they're not guaranteed. Uh, you have to file for those extensions and then the DLB can choose to accept or to not accept your request for the extension. Um, so you're losing significant amount of time there to actually get work done and filed. Yeah. Uh, why is that? Well, and that's important because sometimes a repair uh, requires materials to be ordered, which has a longer lead time. So you can't exactly get materials. And that in those cases, when showing justification is where we believe the DOB would grant the extensions, uh, but there's no guarantee in that, right? So uh, that that's a very big change is you would not have the ability to even push repairs off for even from one quarter to the next where funds might be available you know, sort of things of that nature, because many times things that are noted as part of the category ones are not necessarily budgeted for, you know, mm -hmm. because they're in a, until you do the test. Uh, in some cases, they are known if you're doing quality control evaluations or things of that nature. But if you are strictly doing just your safety test every year, you may not know that you had to do this work. And now it's not in your budget. Um, and you also only have, uh, you know, 90 days in which to get the work done. Right. So significant impact to ownership as well as the contractors. Now, currently consultants are not uh, involved in the affirmations of correction process from a signature standpoint by the owner and the contractor. That is actually a self-certification process. Uh, but this is also um, important to owners besides the budgeting quarter. You might have a building item that needs to be addressed. And if it's, uh, you know, shaftway walls that need to be fixed and you now have to get masonry people involved right. you know that this all we're time. spiraling costs and now yeah 
All right, let me ask you. I know in the construction, we've been up against a lot of delays because there's been supply chain issues um, with everything. I mean, even if you go to for food now, everything is more expensive than it was a month ago. You can't get um, certain construction materials on back order, you know, so everything is going up. Are elevator companies also feeling that pinch for components? Yeah, uh, the, you know, the, the chip shortages that have happened have impacted uh, the elevator business. Uh, all, all businesses, to be honest, any, any, anything that you can think of, I haven't come across, I don't think an industry yet that hasn't been impacted by higher costs. That, that's for sure. Yeah. Elevators, so, no exception. So this is really coming on the heels of um, like taking away the cushion of time, expediting the time frame that we have to install everything or fix everything, work on it. But at the same point, we're possibly being pushed up against elevator companies and industry, really, not just elevated companies, the industry that might not be able to fulfill some of these things because of supply chains. So are we, we may be just seeing some, you know, buildings that are going to be hit with fines and penalties because there's stuff out of their control. It's possible. That's why um, we're hopeful that they will be somewhat lenient on the application for the extensions. If, if they do give the extensions of the 45 days right now, they talk about up to two of those you'd basically be granted that 90 extra days, uh, which in most cases, you would definitely be able to get work completed within that time frame. But again, it's the New York City Department of Buildings and we cannot yeah. speak for them. They can only speak right. for themselves. So it's it's really at, at their discretion whether or not they would extend them. And that and again, a lot of all the stuff that we're discussing is also technically proposed. Um, it is... Mm likely to have it's definitely happening it's just the time frames have not been 100 solidified so who knows they may they may loosen up on these we, we'd hope we hope they don't get any more strict <laughs> right but um they may, they may they may loosen up who knows but uh yeah right now this is what is expected to be implemented come january 1st and so that's the changes to the cat one and five process right there all right so let's shift gears a little bit to the periodic inspections which is new, right? This is a new component. Okay. So yeah, so currently, uh, as, as an old building owner and manager, you, you've, I'm sure, seen PVT violations. Yeah. It have been. So the PVT violations, those are subcontractors to the city that go out and, and write up violations. So that process is going away, but it's not going away in its entirety. It's really just being replaced by this periodic inspection. And instead of it being a subcontractor to the city, it's now going to be the third parties that would do this inspect periodic inspection. And the period, there's some stipulations to when you can or cannot do the periodic inspections. So the periodic must be a minimum of three months apart from that of your category inspection. So if you do your, your periodic in January, you're not doing your cat one until you know April kind of thing, uh, which does come in, does have some, um, issues in year one because you also as i mentioned earlier have to have six months between your category one inspections so there are some timing um issues that will likely come up for some owners unfortunately just based on the fact that this has not been made final yet so people aren't planning for it yeah um, so that that's something that people should be aware of and you know as vda will be assisting our clients obviously to making sure that they're in compliance and meeting their dates that they need to meet as best as humanly possible and working with their contractors, obviously, because they're the ones performing their CAT test. Uh, but the periodic is is not really an invasive, uh, you know, it's a visual inspection. Contractor is not present. 
Uh, we would come in, perform a visual inspection and give you the same kind of sheet of paper that you would have seen from a PBT. At least we plan on doing that. Right. Uh, and then we file in DLB now and we would be notifying both the owner and the contractors what was noted as being deficient so that you can correct anything that needs to be corrected. Uh, periodics must be performed within the calendar year, just like your category ones. As now they're not um, anniversaried, such as like your category fives, which must be within that five year stretch and then that calendar yeah. month, anytime within the calendar year. The only restriction again is the three month rule with your cat one. So that's something that people need to be aware of. Uh, they're doing a 14 day turnaround on those for turning them into DLB now. So it's even quicker than the category one. Yeah. Uh, so, but there's again, no contractor. So it's just, nope. in this case, it would be just me and you signing off on DOB now, right? So it, it cuts down part of that, um, you know, the, the friction from just multiple people having their hands in it. Correct, correct, exactly. And then the same um, time frame though, for correction is being issued right now. Uh, as the and with the same, you know, you may get an extension, you know, things of that nature. Uh, ideally, what happens is uh, over the next few years, the same thing that happened with the category ones where we saw a lot of issues to very few issues with this, what you'll see hopefully is a periodic is done or a category one is done and items are noted. And then the next time you go back in that same year for whichever one you haven't done yet, the amount of noted deficiencies is significantly less to none. That's that's the ultimate goal is to have very few on the second visit. Uh, right. And so the elevators ultimately are, are as safe as they possibly can be for the riding public. So that's the ultimate goal. And, and we, we do believe that this is a good thing industry-wide for safety, um, it, you know, because we we can square code experts, so we know what we're supposed to be looking for, uh, and we do believe that it's the best thing that you could do for the riding public. Uh, it is definitely a, a strain, though, on on ownership uh, overall, you know, both financially and and in terms of you know just managing the process. Uh, so we're available to help with the management of that process. Uh, you know, we don't want it to people to feel like they're out on an island on their own. That's not the case. Uh, but either way, you know, it is it is something that is added stress to ownership, and and it does become a financial burden. But for the better good, the greater good. You know, yeah. You know, it's, it's definitely going to lead to increased safety. Even though elevator accidents have been somewhat in the news over the last you know two years or three years they still are few and far between and actually elevators are still the safest mode of transportation. So, um, you know, with the billions of trips that are made a year in the world. So it's, uh, you know, it, it can only make it better. Yeah. So is that every, I think we covered everything that's on the new changes, right? Correct. That would be, that's everything. Uh, it's really more, like I said, the, with the PVT, it's not going away. It's just being replaced, rebranded for lack of a better term. Uh, and who does it is changing. And then with the category ones, they've just given you less time for everything. Yeah. But, all right well thanks for the uh the expert analysis and the information um thankful that i'm on your list for the uh for the emails because i i wouldn't have known it you know until it until it hit so it was good to have a heads up Um, yeah we are going to be aware and if anybody wants more information on it it's on our website bdassoc.com um there you know they anybody can check it out just like uh you did reach out you can don't charge for questions so if you have a question (laughs) I'm going to include also all of your contact information in, in the uh, text of the podcast, the description, um, but also everybody could reach you, Rob Castellano, um, at 212-868-9090, extension 128. 
and also our Castellano at VDASSOC.com. Um, but this was super helpful. I really appreciate you coming on and talking about the elevator changes and hopefully we'll communicate soon. I know we have to probably get together on this again about the 2027 updates to the codes and elevator plunger break assemblies and all that stuff that that's for another time, but thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the, the opportunity. Uh, no problem. Take care.